Welcome to the All About the Customer podcast brought to you by Influtive, where we talk with customer-obsessed people to uncover how you can be more customer-focused. I'm your host, Dan Kalmar. Today, I'm joined by Cassie Sneed. Cassie is a Senior Manager of Customer Marketing at Reputation. To her, there's nothing better than highlighting and celebrating the successes of her amazing clients. Cassie joined the Reputation team in February 2021 and hit the ground running by developing Reputation's first ever customer marketing program based on community, advocacy, and growth. Recently, she was named one of the top 23 to watch in 2023 by the Customer Marketing Alliance. Cassie and I discussed something that's near and dear to her heart, gifts. Giving gifts to customers can be a fun exercise, but is it worth it? Does sending gifts to our customers really increase retention or help with cross-sell and upsell opportunities? Cassie believes emphatically that yes, it does, when done right. And that's the big caveat here. Cassie shares her insights on the perfect times in the customer journey to give gifts, the type of gifts that are most impactful for different customer groups, and how to measure your customer gifting activities for the biggest impact. Dan, thank you for having me. I'm so pumped to be here. This is awesome. So we're talking about a fun topic today. I mean, not that all the topics aren't fun, but I mean, we're talking about gift giving, <laughs> right? I mean, that's a pretty... This is one of my favorite topics. Favorite topics. And I've heard you described as the Oprah of customer marketing. It might have been <laughs> you who described yourself that. I, I don't remember. Somebody somebody described I you mean, that way. If it's become a renowned statement that I'm the Oprah, I will take it. I'm very proud of that. It's one of my... I'd like to put it as like a job bullet description, you know, just get to be Oprah and give all the gifts. And yeah, I love it. I was thinking it probably should appear somewhere on your LinkedIn profile, I would think, near the top. Yeah, it should. Maybe it's like even the title of my role, just like update it. Yeah, I will, we'll, we'll talk to your HR department about that after. <laughs> but I, I'd love to get your thoughts at a high level around why yeah. you think giving gifts to our customers is so valuable when it comes to you know retention, expansion. Like why, why are gifts such a good thing to do? Such a good question. Like I think looking at it at a high level, Think about all your company value statements, everyone's company like mission statement that they say they're all wanting to be customer focused. They all want to go the extra mile. They all want to make the customers have that great experience possible. And gifting is such an easy way to put your money where your mouth is when you're saying those things, right? It's going the extra step beyond what the customer put in their contract with you to give them that extra something special, that extra experience, the actual, it's the tangible gift. So it's pretty much just the definition of going the extra mile or the extra inch for a customer of going beyond what you put in their contractual agreement with you and your company and giving them a little something extra just to make that experience, their perception of your company that much better is what I would say. And who, who doesn't like to get gifts? You know, like it's a fun, it's a I fun know. thing. It makes you feel, maybe it shouldn't make us feel appreciated. Maybe that's our, our consumerist mindset, but I like getting gifts. I don't know. And that's such a good point too, Dan. Cause like gifting can come in so many different forms. Like, yes, yeah, some people love the tangible branded gifts. Some people love the non-branded gift. It could be in the form of an experience, like a dinner with your C-level suite. It could be a virtual event. We've also found a lot of success with just like LinkedIn recommendations, like a verbal, public, verbal, positive statement about somebody. All those little touches just take that relationship above and beyond just a normal customer company agreement. I think one thing we really have to talk about here, and so let's, let's get out of the way early, is that Gift giving can be such a difficult thing to track because one thing that yeah. basically every human being does is we we confuse correlation with causation, right? Like we send our mm -hmm. customer 
a t-shirt with our ugly logo on it and then they renew <laughs> and we're like there you go it was the, and i'm like i don't think it was that was a patchy t-shirt <laughs> that made them renew this three hundred thousand dollar contract but at the same time i i also do genuinely believe that making our customers feel appreciated is a good thing to do so, so how do you think about totally. trying to you know track the value of these things and then i'd, yep. I'd love to get into tactically how you actually track it at reputation yeah, totally. Okay. I feel like that was a very loaded question. There's a lot we could talk about yeah. just in that one question on its own. So let's break it down real quick, just about overall tracking, right? So I think when you're looking at your gifting strategy overall, when you're starting to think about all the different customer lifecycle touch points you want to hit, look at that customer from start to finish. So if you're thinking about welcome gifts when they first join on with you to those renewal gifts to advocacy gifts, just making sure you're having that timed out appropriately so you can look at that journey, their maturity with you um, to see like when the timing is appropriate. And then also comparing that just to your overall promotional calendar, right? So you're trying to time out, like if someone's welcome is right when your end of the year gifts might be trying to figure out the timing and the overlap so it's not you know, too much in your face. But honestly, from a tracking perspective, there are so many great gifting tools out there that have some fantastic integration so that you know, can integrate with your Salesforce instance, your HubSpot instance. So you can really see all these different customer touch points. And I am really, I love, I will give a gift for any occasion. I love giving gifts. Like you said, I love to be Oprah, but it's also very important and critical from a business standpoint to make sure you're tying those moments to a campaign in some way, shape or form. So that way you can see that that gifting campaign was at least a touch in that customer's life cycle. So like you said, you know, that branded mug might not be the end all be all to get them to resign their contract. You can show that it was a step. It was a digital touch point in that customer journey with you. One thing I love about Cassie's approach here, and something you'll hear throughout the episode, is how analytical she is with this approach. If you're sending gifts off at random and only tracking, say, renewals, it can be very easy to complete correlation with causation. But the more data you're able to track on this, the better picture you'll get. With your gifting, knowing like what you're aiming for, right? So like there are things like renewal campaigns. You can totally look at everyone you put in that renewal campaign for the upcoming quarter and see what did that renewal rate from, because just, you know, if you're looking at it from a time frame of, okay, next quarter, we're looking at all those people who want to renew, we're going to send them gifts three months in advance. Take that list, look at the actual renewal, because you have a pretty short timeline of when there's so that renewal is expected and then comparing it with your overall retention rate from your customers. Very easy numbers from a high level to look at. And they're really easy numbers for everybody in your organization to understand. So you're able to see, all right, here's our campaign that we targeted. Here's their renewal rate. Here's our overall renewal rate. Very easy common language to understand across the organization. Um, or if it comes to something like an upsell campaign, all right, you're targeting this many people with like a clever upsell gift, you know, it like goes along with a fun tagline or something you know, cheeky that you want to send out. You can say, all right, we sent this to X amount of customers. This percentage actually converted and upsold. Here's your ARR revenue after that. So making sure when you are planning those customer gifting campaigns, you have the full long-term strategy in mind. Because yes, when I like to say, oh, someone just had a new baby, let's send them a gift. Or someone had a birthday, let's send them a gift. It's Those are super fun and I love doing those. But it's also making sure you understand the long-term aspect of it, of what is this eventually going to get us long-term. It's like even NPS, right? It's going to be an indication of, renewal and retention. So always focusing on retention or growth as your two core camp, core units of measurement. And that's always going to lead to a higher success rate internally and externally. What are some of the tools that you use for 
gifting for tracking. You know, you mentioned you mentioned Salesforce, uh, yeah. But I'd, I'd love yes. to, to learn about like what are tools that you've used over the years that you love for sending gifts, tracking gifts, integrating with CRMs. Yeah, yeah, totally. So right now we're using um, a tool called Sendoso. I really, I'm really a huge fan of the product. The team itself is very supportive, so we've loved working with them and just the integrations that are available. So we're able to integrate Sendoso with HubSpot, with Salesforce. We actually integrate it with our community platform, Influitive. And it's a very seamless transaction. So it's very easy just to make sure that we're tracking everything appropriately from a Salesforce campaign, like since six cents, different triggers. It's just a great tool to make sure that you're hitting your customers when you want to hit them in the right timing and spots, if that makes sense. It, it does. It does. Yeah. So one thing you really have to think about when it comes to gifting is, you know, different tiers, right? You know, you, you've talked about hitting oh, people yeah. at different, you know, cycles in, mm -hmm. in their journey or step, steps in their journey. But yeah. you know, you probably don't give the same gift to an enterprise customer as you do for a, a small customer. How do you think about, you know, tactically figuring out how you segment these people, the levels of gifts? <laughs> Very good question. Very good question. And it's a hard one too, because I mean, especially from customer marketing, we form such great relationships with people from all different segments, all different industries. This is where you do have to put your business hat on and take a step back and realize at the end of the day, it is a company. It is an operating function that we have to support. So I do think it's important to ensure that you are looking at your overall budget and then look at your overall customer um, pool that you're working with and try to figure out that gift budget per customer if you're able to. So looking at your number of primary contacts from your enterprise section, your number of primaries from your mid-market and SMB, and then figuring out with that budget what that number could optimally look like. And yes, I mean, just a be honest with everybody. We do try to tier, right? So our SMB gifts, we might do say like, for example, you could do zero to $50 for their gifts. And maybe you might do not do some of the bigger annual events. Like maybe you give those like as is for like advocacy um, acts or maybe from, you know, like webinar giveaways. You know, if you do like a wheel of names, you pick out a name, like something like that. So it's maybe not everybody in that pool gets a gift, but you can still give everyone a chance to win a gift for that aspect. And then Mid-market, maybe you include them within your like customer appreciation gifts that you do once a year, your end-of-the-year gifts, just depending on budget, and then your enterprise. That's where you can kind of go, you know, big, flashy, some really fun gifts you can give in that aspect. But it's all proportionate to the ARR that comes with. So maybe that's the better way to put it is like from a proportion of the ARR to what your gift budget should be. And do you do you typically like if you're given a budget, do you typically think, hey, I will uh, you know, I will earmark 5% of my budget to gifts, or do you think it more of a percentage of ARR? Like, how do you, how do you try to come up with that overall quarterly spend that you're doing for gifts? Yeah. Great, great question. So I like, I, I do look at it by the POCs based off of in, um, segments. So like, yeah, the number of people I optimally want to give to from enterprise, mid-market and SMB. And ideally in my gifting world, I would love to touch as many customers as I can with that budget. So I think that's sometimes a hole that customer marketers can get into or say from an enterprise level, you might have 10 customers that are great advocates. They do a lot of advocacy acts for your customers, whether it's case studies or speaking events. And it's kind of easy to get into the routine of giving the same 10 customers gift after gift after gift. And that is probably one of the biggest dark holes I want to encourage any customer marketer, any customer focused professional to try, try your best to stay away from. Because yes, while they're doing so much for you. You want to make sure that gift budget is spread across. And it should also be a good reminder to extend advocacy acts to maybe some other voices that could be heard too. So I was trying to get that gift budget to as many people as possible. And 
thinking of that budget and spreading out throughout the year, we do have a couple core campaigns that we would want to make sure we save certain budget for. So end of the year gifts, we know that probably 15% of our budget is going to go towards end of the year gifts. We do a mid-year customer appreciation gift. Again, about 15%. So it's going to be the same audience. And we want to make sure we're trying to give to as many as possible. So we're saving for that aspect. We run quarterly renewal campaigns. So those are like our six core. So our four quarterly renewals, our mid-year appreciation, our end of the year. Those are our six campaigns that we know we're going to save the bulk of our budget for. Because each one of those has a very dedicated campaign path towards either retention or growth or NPS. So we want to make sure those budgets are set there. And then we'll do the extra budget for virtual customer events or you know, the extra really big renewal sign-on thank you that we'll do or extra acts of advocacy gifts. And in my mind, you're probably spending more money on renewal gifts than end of the year gifts. Is, is that how you approach it or, or is that not accurate? I would say that's very accurate. It is accurate. Um, but something recently that we've changed to do that I think has been very well received is instead of like an end of the year gift where you're sending everybody one solid item, and we all know one item doesn't fit all, right? And you want to be as customized as possible, but scaling, because you can't give everyone an individual gift across your organization at one time like that would be awesome, but also be kind of crazy. But what we've been doing lately is we'll drive all of our gift campaigns to a really nice landing page from HubSpot that actually feeds into Sendoso. So again, I, anytime you can get your tools to integrate and work for you, like chef's kiss, like that's fantastic. I love it. It does what you need, but we'll dive into a landing page that gives our customers four different options, including a charity gift card. Because I'm sure many other um, customer marketers out there are probably working with industries where gift giving can be very sensitive. There's a lot of legality issues around it where you're not allowed a gift or you can only gift to a certain amount. Um, we work with a lot of healthcare professionals. And so for that instance, it's really a no gifting policy. So we always give them a charity gift card option so they can still redeem and feel seen and give to a charity of their choice, which we've gotten some amazing, such heartfelt feedback on that, where if they have a personal charity that they're working towards or an organization, the thank you notes that come from those are just, it's just, it's so heartwarming and sweet. I love those, but we always give an option so they can either choose that and it applies to everybody and everyone can just kind of do a little bit what they want. And it gives you an opportunity to put those gifts in a certain price range. So we'll have, you know, like for your enterprise, your gifts might be anywhere from 75 to hundred, your mid-market 50 to 75, but they still get to choose so they can choose what they want. And they don't necessarily think of a price range tier that they're in, but they can just pick a different item that they like. So it's still a great experience for everybody. The, the charity option is really interesting because I think you're, you're right in a lot of industries. And this is probably something we should address here is like, you, you can't give yeah. the industry's gift mm-hmm. and it has to be a very specific amount or come in certain form. Mm-hmm. But I think charity is probably a good way to make people feel good about themselves and also get around a lot of that. Do you find anybody mm-hmm. that chooses charity? Like, if I'm just thinking for me, if somebody gives me the option of like donating to charity or getting a gift for myself, I'm going to feel like a jerk if I pick a gift for myself, right? Does that, <laughs> does that come up at all? Um, it's kind of like at the grocery store and they're like, do you want to round up your 75 cents to go to, go to charity? Like, I mean, not really, but um... I guess I have to, don't I? <laughs> Actually, that's a good point because I noticed our gifting, our end of the year gifting campaign last year, more people chose the charity option than I anticipated. Like even outside of our healthcare industry, a lot of others chose that too. And maybe it was like the guilt factor. They felt like they needed to, but I just kind of assumed that people were just being in the holiday spirit and assuming that. I'll have to check and actually track that a little bit closer. So we gave some really nice gift options and, you know, that actually brings a really good time. I think I might be jumping ahead here, Dan. So you can just like, no, go for it. Cut me off and stop me. But just looking at gift redemptions, 
I want to talk about gifts of being branded versus non-branded. Let's do it. I think it's such a, a great talk. Everybody wants to give branded gifts. Everybody wants to do it. But not everybody wants them to receive them. Oh my word. I mean, so we work in a tech space. Like we are a tech company. We work with a lot of like different marketers in the B2B space. And um, being in that space, I think it's critical to give what you would want, right? So I think a lot of tech gifts have worked really well. And you can do like tech version gifts from all different price points. You can do like the tech tacos to hold all your wires. You can do the ring lights or a really fun tech gift that we've done are like the branded Ember mugs. People like that. You know, it's techy, yeah. it's fun. They're, it's something that we would all, like as people, like would you use what you're gifting to? So I always think that's a good question to have. But people have so many pens. They have so many normal mugs. They have like even Yetis now are like, oh, it's another Yeti. Like, yeah. I can't, I couldn't believe my ears one day when I heard some of our customer advisory board saying, oh, you sent us another Yeti. I'm like, are we already at the point where Yetis are overdone? Like, do I need to look at Stanley's? Do I need to look at something else? But, I, lo I love my Yeti so that true. I got from a customer one time. Was, <laughs> it, I still use it. But I mean, yeah, you only need so many Yeti products. Only need so many. All the notebooks, you only need so many. So yes, while well, swag is fun, and sometimes that's the... I almost like cost effective, but I guess like from a cost effective standpoint, you can use it to use them internally to like your own employees. But a lot of times customers aren't wanting the branded unless it's a really cool item. More often than not, we've seen a lot of success with like consumables, like sending them cookies or a sweet or sending them like the gift baskets with like a self-care basket, right? So like a candle, a lotion, like some nice socks. That's gone really well. Or and let's be honest, most adults like getting alcohol. Like, so like, like espresso martini kits have been a huge hit or just like a bottle of champagne as a thank you gift. Like those have been from a feedback standpoint, I've gotten a lot more positive feedback on those types of gifts versus another branded stationary set, you know? I, I don't know if you're going this granular in your reporting, but are you seeing any correlation between certain types of gifts and account level so like enterprise accounts like these things slash personas so like c-suite tend to like these kind of gifts like are, are you looking at do you have any data uh that you've seen in your own gift giving um not like set number data but just from a gift redemption rate so that's something we do keep a really close eye on and another reason why i do like sendoso so much is because it gives you options of sending the gift out and then making sure they actually have to approve their address before it gets sent and so it's very cost effective where if someone doesn't claim the gift, then they don't send it. So that's a really great cost effective method. But also what we're seeing from a redemption rate into what's actually being sent, you can see that, yeah, your higher levels, like they'll take the bottle of alcohol in a heartbeat, a branded sweatshirt, hit or miss. I mean, maybe if it's a really nice brand, they might take it, but just your standard items, more often than not, they'll say, oh, that's very nice, but no, thank you. Or like, they're able to say no to those things where when it's a consumable, they're like, yeah, sure, send it over. It's an easier um, gift to receive and I guess use and have a nice positive experience to move on. But definitely look at that. I will say there was one enterprise gift that we sent that was just the like creme de la creme, five-star wow gift. It was so fun. Have you ever heard of a champagne saber? I mean, is it just the thing you put on top of champagne so that it doesn't go? No. Well? No. Okay. Then, so then no, it's I have not. It's a super cool. It's like the sword that you use, like cut oh, open saber. your bottle Sorry, of champagne. I heard, I heard a saber. I heard saber. Oh, not saber. No, saber. saber. Okay, yes, saber. Yeah, champagne saber. Yeah. So it's like a saber. It's like the knife that you send. 
And so we had a gift box. I had the saber, two glasses, and then the the champagne bottle itself was personalized. And Ash was like, thank you so much for signing on. We were so excited to work with you. Yeah, that one got a little reputation around the company saying, Cassie, you sent us, like, my customer wants one of those. My customer wants one of those. I'm like, I bet they do. It was the funnest gift to send. I got some really good talk. I think there was a good, like, LinkedIn post about it. So we got some social awareness. The very obvious question is, was the saber embroidered with reputation's name on oh, it? <laughs> I wish. No, no, it was a standard saber, but the champagne bottle was Ash, which was really nice. And that was like, again, that's like a top tier, like top 1% enterprise gift to super, really just wow them and go the extra mile. That was a fun one. That doesn't go to all for custom. We don't have that kind of, yeah. You, you don't have that kind of saber. Don't say we do. Yeah. Maybe one. Yeah, I, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, but. Yeah. When, when you've looked, That's a fun one. When you've looked at data of what gets redeemed and by different personas, mm-hmm. do you have any examples of how you've changed that over the quarters? Like you've seen like, ah, oh, these type of gifts aren't really getting redeemed as much. So we switched them out with this. Any Anything that's surprised yeah. you in looking at the data? Yeah. So I would say from a branded perspective, there is still some value from a branded item. And that's where we've taken a lot of our branded gifts like to send. And we put those in our community. So when we have our community platform, we call it Reputation Rockstars. Those people want Rockstar branded material. They want to feel like they're part of the club. They want to feel like they have that innate woven relationship with you. So in that aspect, yes, branded material goes very, very well. They love it. Like that's the whole nature of a community, right? You want to be together feeling like you're as one. So getting almost that like team uniform, I guess, if you want to say, or like that team swag, that builds up a lot of good camaraderie in a community. That is a perfect spot for branded items. When we're looking at our customer appreciation baskets, that's kind of where we started to do a mix of branded, non-brandom items where maybe we'll do like a reputation beach towel, but like a nice beach bag to go with it. And it was a summer campaign. So we started to do just like summery items in there, but we'll do a mix of items versus just all reputation. But then when it comes to renewal gifts or um, advocacy appreciation. So if we have a speaker, a great case study that just got published, that's when we'll go with the non-branded. We'll do a nice bottle of something or, you know, a dozen cookies or something just like a like something sweet for your sweet words, like a, a ploy we like to use. Um, or not ploy, but like a little saying or a phrase we like to use. I feel like with those redemption rates, that's how we've kind of formed our strategy of what to give and when um, to help help with those redemption rates. I mean, when you send a gift, you want them to take it. Yeah. So we'll look at that. So here's the time. If you insist on sending out branded swag, Cassie just let you know the perfect opportunities to do it. I get it. You're spending money on these gifts. You want to think of it as an advertising opportunity, but you need to be strategic. You don't want to send a gift where having your logo on it will ruin it for the customer. Her idea of doing this with people in your customer community is perfect. These are the people who want to feel like they're part of something special, and that's where your branded gifts, ideally branded with a customer community name, not just your logo, can be something your customers actually want. So I'm sure the answer to this question is probably like you offer both, but what are your thoughts on experiential gifts versus physical gifts? Because so much research shows like, you know, when, when we look at things we buy for ourselves, experiences make us mm-hmm. more happy than stuff. We think more about the trips we went on than that gadget we bought that sits in a closet. So, so do you have any sort of one over the other? I love them both. I love them both. I love them both. But I will say something we've been doing the past year too that I absolutely love, but we've been doing a lot more of the virtual customer events. So we've done things like, cocktail making or wine tasting, charcuterie board making. And we do these with our customers. So it's like a virtual experience, but we're still all together doing it. And I'm sure you know, as in this 
time that we're in now where everyone's so remote and all over the place, the old school version of doing, you know, a city dinner is more difficult than ever. Cause you could say, all right, we're all going to do this dinner in Chicago, but then maybe only 10% of your customers are actually there or even a smaller amount, you know? So it's really difficult to do the traditional version of those experiences together and doing it virtually makes it so much easier to bring all your different customers together and have that shared experience and like bring someone from your C-suite into that virtual experience with you. And everyone's just engaging and having a good time. We've been doing those a couple of times throughout the year and I love them. I cannot say enough good things about them. Um, but overall, I'd say virtual events have just been a fantastic experience to do it together. So we haven't done a lot of experiences where we give a customer experience to go off and do it on their own. We'd rather experience it together as a whole group. So, you know, this is what we, we talked earlier on about this being a hard thing to track sometimes. I, I think especially mm -hmm. now when we're recording this, when it's like, oh, are we in a recession? Are we not? Regardless of if we are, marketing oh. budgets are being cut. How do you think about yeah. how you need to change up gifting programs during economic downturns? That is a very good question. I think that's something that every single customer marketer is feeling. I mean, and we can also be honest, like it's a scary world. Like how often on LinkedIn daily you go on and like we're seeing people going through some really tough transitions. So it's very important more than ever to be cognizant of it. And this is where I think it goes beyond just the love of wanting to be Oprah, right? We can't just give gifts to everybody for every occasion. As much as I love it, like every new customer baby, I want to send them all reputation onesies. I want to send reputation baby blanks to everybody it's taking the step back of wanting to be Oprah and being a strategic Oprah, right? So I think it just really comes down to, again, having a really strong focus on your budget and a confirmed budget. So working with leadership, working with from the top down, making sure that they know this budget is specifically for customer gifts, and then coming to the table with a set plan on here are the exact campaigns we want to run and why. As long as there's reasoning and there's reasoning and data behind each of the campaigns you're setting up and you have an end goal of looking at that retention, looking maybe at that upsell number, and you can correlate exactly what you're doing with that. It's going to put a lot of trust and intention behind what you're doing. So it's harder to argue from a higher level. And so, I mean, I'll be honest, like this past year we had it, like we have kind of cut back a little bit on some of the welcome gifts or some of the renewal gifts. And I think the reason we took that cut specifically is because if you think about it from a customer journey, if a customer just signed on and they just renewed, they're more often than not in a pretty positive sentiment. You know, they have a good feeling about your company already. So maybe letting that positive experience ride for a while and then waiting for maybe not the lull in the relationship, but looking at that right timing when they're already happy to renewing, like looking at some of those mid-year touch points of how can we keep that happiness up versus riding the wave. So taking the extra work versus elevating their existing happiness, I guess. Yeah. And I, I think having that data, I think from a, I don't know, maybe like a career perspective is, is a, the way to phrase this. I think it shows that like you are being very intentional with this, right? Like when you, you talked about, you know, not just being yeah. Oprah, but being strategic Oprah or targeted Oprah. I mean, not to say that Oprah isn't targeted. She's probably pretty targeted, but, oh, but uh, if she's listening to this, Oprah, we love you. We think you're great. You're our role model. I, I have to just imagine saying. that she's listening to this podcast. I, I can't imagine. I, would I, I can't imagine she wouldn't be, uh, no. but I, I think it shows, no. I think it shows that, you know, Hey, Cassie isn't just throwing money around here. Like she's, she's very strategic in what she's doing. That probably makes, you know, whoever you're getting the budget from more confident to give mm -hmm. you the budget. And then it also just helps you show that, hey, there is some ROI here, right? Like we, when we, exactly. when we see that, you know, people give us higher CSAT scores, they renew, like we've run these kind of 
control groups and here's what we're seeing, it makes mm-hmm. it a lot harder to say no to spending that money because you can show that there is some return on it. Exactly. It was advice that one of my mentors gave me a while ago saying, Cassie, instead of running five or six smaller gifting campaigns that you're just running, running and doing and doing, decide execute just one or two very cleanly, have all the data ready to go, have all of your details lined up, have that full picture completion ready to go. And that full summary is like, take your time to invest in one or two extremely detailed campaigns versus trying to run six to 10, just gifting randomly and losing track of things. Just like having those two cleaned up campaigns will take you much further than the more messy ones. Yeah. So, so I'm going to ask another, another loaded question that could yeah. probably be its own episode okay. uh, as well. How do you get, how do you get <laughs> okay. started with a, a gifting campaign? Like if, if I, if I'm a customer marketer, we have nothing in place right now. What are the early stage stuff that you should try to do to get this the ball rolling on this. So if you're just going to start straight off, not really not sure what you're doing. I mean, like we said, I think we kind of laid the foundation of look at your budget, try to figure out your customer scope, figure out your gift for customer, figure that out first and foremost, make sure you can touch as many customers as possible in the smartest way. And then I would say just break it down to those few campaigns. Um, so I know I mentioned R6 and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be a little bit proud of it. I'm going to say stick strong to those six campaigns because it helps spread it out throughout the year. So you're not spending all your budget in one quarter. Like you're not doing all Christmas gifts for everybody. We're spreading out that positivity throughout the year. End of the year gifts, people kind of expect it. So I think it's a good thing just to build on that expectation, give that positive experience at the end of the year. That's a really solid one. People love holidays. They want to celebrate. They want to celebrate with you to bring that positivity at that point. And then thinking of a calendar year, all right, you're already hitting the end of the year. So let's do a nice mid-year touch, right? So keep them positive from you from December. Let's look at June or July. Let's send a really nice customer appreciation, like heading into summer, a nice gift to look at that that way. So you have two touch points throughout the year, but now let's try to sprinkle a few more touch points in. And then that's when we like to look at the renewal campaigns. Renewal campaigns are probably one of my favorite go-to campaigns. If I could give any advice for anyone listening, like this is the piece to like, please take away, please listen to, because this is one of those campaigns that can really highlight and shine customer marketing efforts. And this is where we will look at our renewals that are in a quarter or two upcoming. Take that list of all those accounts that we're expecting renewals from and send gifts to those POCs three to four months in advance. And the timing of that is critical because you want to send the gift before that renewal conversation even comes to the table. Because if it's already talked about and say the renewal is up in a month, if you send a gift, they're, they're going to know something's up. You know, they're going to know it's it's, it doesn't feel as genuine. It doesn't feel as, it feels icky. You know, just like say it in a true way. It just like feels icky. It feels like you're trying to buy my renewal, which doesn't feel good. Because at the end of the day, we do appreciate our customers. We want to make sure we're showing that appreciation before that discussion happens. So the timing of that is absolutely key. So we'll send it three to four months in advance of the renewal conversation or the renewal. So before the conversation happens. But then it's so easy to track of the accounts that you sent those gifts to how many actually did renew and comparing that to your overall renewal rate. A lot of times customer marketers were looking to partner with our CSM teams, which have the renewal as their main um, KPI that they're trying to work towards. So it shows that not only are you looking at your numbers, but you're also looking at your CSM numbers, which also in turn look at your overall company numbers. So it's taking your one campaign that you're responsible for and elevating the results to that all the way up to that company top level. And that's going to get that trust in the buy-in immediately. Love that. 
And I, I also love, you know, bringing in the other teams there. And, and I, I'm, I'm also would imagine like, this is something you want other teams to have visibility. Like I'm sure you report these numbers up, but it's also probably great oh, to report yeah. these numbers to the CSM. We're working closely with these customers to work with sales. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And just make sure that they know the gifts going out to you. That's also another rule of thumb I have. Like whenever we're sending gifts, always trying to CC the CSM and the AE so they know. Because nothing's like more embarrassing or worse than if I send a gift to a customer and they go back to their AE saying, oh, thank you. And they're like, for what? You're like, oh no. Like, no, we sent them a really nice gift. Like, oh. Yeah, that's actually another good point that we didn't really talk about is like who the gift's coming from. Yeah. Because when we're looking at redemption rates, and while it's not an automated process, like it is a bit more manual, but we have seen stronger redemption rates if the gift comes from like their AE or their CSM. And so a lot of times we'll draft the message for our field team and we'll send them the link separately. Like, all right, put this link here and then you send it. You can see, see me, that's fine. But even then we've seen much higher, higher redemption rates. The middle range of redemption rates is when we send it, but make sure we CC their field team. So they know it's not some, cause we've gotten some questions before if it's just coming from the customer marketing team, like, is this spam? Is this real? Like I said, this to like my IT team just to make sure it wasn't like gonna lock down my computer. But if you making sure that the main contacts that they know from your company are always on those messages, the redemption rates are far more successful than just an automated campaign coming from like myself or HubSpot or Sendoso. It's much, much more effective as an individual email. I, I think it's a good rule of thumb for any ask of our customers. Anytime you can go through their main point of contact mm-hmm. versus a, a generic email yes. or the marketing person they've maybe never talked to. I mean, that, that's a, yeah. hopefully a bit less of a case in a customer marketing standpoint, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it, versus some person they've it never happens. ever exchanged an email with, uh, it, it, yeah. it definitely seems suspicious. Yeah, exactly. So Cassie, let's say that I have a magic wand and I wave this you have ma- a magic wand. I, okay. I have a magic wand and I wave this magic wand and now your gifting right. budget is doubled. What do you do differently in the next 12 months now that you have <laughs> twice as much money? Do you spread it out to more customers? Do you do better gifts? What do you do with this doubled budget? I would say I would up the virtual events. I love doing our virtual events with our customers. So you get that FaceTime with them. And I think what I love so much about it is we'll invite our POCs, right? But then say we're doing... We actually have a really fun champagne flight coming up. So it's three different sparkling wines that we're all going to taste together. But what's really fun about that is you invite your POCs. Then when you're on the call, you'll see maybe they invited their spouse to come join. Or one of my absolute favorites was one of the companies that was on Pacific Time. They rented out their conference room and had five or six people from the company all in there experiencing this with us. So it's the gift that keeps giving, if you will. And I, I love seeing like the camaraderie on those virtual events. So it's a gift and an event all in one. And it's a great moment. Right now we're trying to do them at least quarterly, but I would say if we could double those, that's just such a great experience. Then we could pull in even more of our internal people too, so they could see like their CSM is on the call or, you know, one of our leaders is on the call and they get to know them on a better level. I would strongly, strongly recommend if we could up the budget doing more of those. Those are just such a great, great way to have the experience, to have the gift and that camaraderie all in one, one really nice, Nice experience. So, so you're sending these champagne flights. Are you also sending the saber? Yes. I feel like if any of your customers are listening, oh uh, no! They, they want- you know what I could do though. So it's always fun is when you do those events and then you do like a fun like Kahoot quiz or something like engaging afterwards, and that could be the special prize you give away to a winner who attends and wins the quiz. That so take a little cherry on top. I like it. that'd be fun. I like it. We did that once for like our charcuterie events. So we did the whole event. And then at the end, we did a quiz where we gave away a reputation branded charcuterie board 
for the winner. So we always try to keep it tied together. So we could do this champagne saber as a prize. We could do that. I got to say, you're making me want to be a reputation customer. I haven't gotten any of these things <laughs> from anybody. I Come on board. Come on board. Hey, you know, our, you know, our renewal gifts are going to be great. Our end of the year gifts are going to be great. Come on board. <laughs> so what haven't we talked about around gifting that you feel like is really good to get in this conversation? Yeah, real quick. So let's talk about gifting at events. Because so now that we're starting to do more events in person, um, there's always questions on how much swag do you give in advance? How much do you give at the event? And I think just the only recommendation I have is whenever you're giving gifts at an event, be mindful if it can travel. So trying to give away alcohol at an event, not the best point. Or if you're trying to give away really nice like wine glasses, maybe not the best because even to try to package those up to get them safely home might not be the best experience. We had a little bit of a faux pas a year or so ago where we were doing customer awards at an in-person event. And the trophy itself was a baller trophy. Like this thing was gorgeous. There was 3D etched, but it also weighed about like 30, 40 pounds. And so I'm like, oh no, what are we going to do? We're all here at this event. Customers from all over the country are here trying to get this very heavy award. And thankfully, like we had a great event team being like, no, everyone just leave them here. Write down your shipping address. We will ship them to you after. But now in hindsight, I'm like, I should have just brought one sample trophy and then said that we're going to send all the other ones. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, sure, everyone gets their trophy. They're going to take them. No, 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 no. I learned the hard way on that one. Make sure any sort of gift you're giving at an in-person event, as those are starting to come up more frequently now that we're out of the COVID era, make sure any gift trophy that you're giving at an event is easily able to get on a plane or in someone's carry-on luggage and save yourself and then the headache. I will say that. I remember the last time in Fluid have had an in-person uh, or customer awards and one customer won yeah. three awards. And I was like, good luck flying home with those because she, she lived in San Francisco or something like that. And I was like, I don't know how you're going to fly right. home with these three glass awards that we have. Uh, so I, I, right. I like exactly. the idea of, of shipping them afterwards. You have one that people can lift up over their head for the photo op and then. Right. Take the picture, put it back down, and then yes, just ship it a nice, clean, no fingerprinted version to them directly. Last piece of advice for that one. <laughs> so my, my wrap up question I always like to ask for the folks listening at home, if they could take, you know, one step in the right direction of being more customer centric. What's one thing that they can do today, tomorrow to get them there? That's where I think gifting is just so near and dear. If there is an easy way just to apply that true meaning of trying to go above and beyond for your customers, again, getting out of what they contracted with you and the company, like taking that step above and just trying to apply some sort of gifting to so showing that you take the extra step in any way, right? So whether that's giving a branded gift at an appropriate time, whether that's doing a non-branded gift as an advocacy thank you, even just a thank you email. You know, I think I'm just surprised like how much just a typical thank you email has gone down in trending in the past few years, but sending the extra thank you, making sure you're sending those LinkedIn recommendations for a customer that's gone above and beyond for you. Or if you're asking a customer to go above and beyond for you, make sure you're doing more for them than you'd expect in return. That's where I think gifting is just so special. So I think the renewal gifts, hopefully if we go back a little bit, those renewal gifts are such a tangible way to formulate a strong plan to help your overall company goals while providing that great extra experience for your customer. Following that approach and documenting it and looking at the data, it's going to set up a really strong gifting strategy and emphasize its importance from the bottom to the top. So I'd recommend starting there 100%. And then also remembering just those little moments where you can give gifts that aren't tangible, but those 
verbal affirmations, maybe a virtual experience, upping those two. Yeah. And if you are going to give physical gifts, champagne sabers, that's what we've learned. Yes. Champagne sabers. Wow. They surprise and delight for sure. Awesome. That was a 10 out of 10 gift. Cassie, this, this is such a great conversation. Like I said, it, it makes me want to be a reputation customer. So I can start getting these great <laughs> gifts. It makes me want to start giving more gifts to people. Uh, but but this was great. I learned, I I learned so much from this. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. I love getting to talk about it. I mean, people, after they listen to this, think of me as the Oprah of reputation. I will be one happy camper. It happens, it happens. Oh, the dream come true. Dream come true. <laughs> Thanks, Cassie. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, Dan. It's better to give than to receive. Unless it's a really good gift, in which case I want to receive it. Running a gifting program with your customers is more than just sending out some swag. If you're trying to have a big impact, you need to be strategic with it. Luckily, Cassie has laid out a great framework. First, look at your budget, then try to figure out your ideal customers, trying to reach as many as you can, and then break it down to specific campaigns. And she's already started by outlining six of them for us. And in particular, renewal campaigns could have a huge impact. Tracking this properly has to be a big focus, and it is for Cassie. Especially when budgets are tight, sending gifts to our customers can seem frivolous but you can also have the data to back it up and show that it's having a measurable impact on retention and cross-sell upsell opportunities. The data can help you stretch your budget further and ensure you're sending gifts that are actually bringing joy to your customers. And while I hope if you're running your own gifting programs that you're doing it strategically, I also hope you're having some fun with it. And I'm sure now some of your customers are getting champagne savers. This has been the All About the Customer podcast brought to you by Influitive. I've been your host, Dan Kalmar. Until next time, Oprah, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. Just let me know.